Hello you lovely lot and welcome back to the Independent Spouse podcast series and the very last episode of series four. This entire series has been recorded through lockdown, through the first lockdown and now this new lockdown that I am experiencing in England. But do not worry, we are going out with a really positive and happy episode that will get you dreaming of spring. So I know this episode is going to bring you an awful lot of happiness, especially at this time of year when the weather's looking a little bit miserable outside. It's another great example of when military life gets a bit much and if you're about to experience deployments, then this is definitely a good one for you. But first off, we should hear from the sponsors of this entire series, the Royal British Legion. The Royal British Legion is here for you. As the UK's largest armed forces charity, they support everyone in the community, from currently serving to their families and veterans. Whether it's a bit of financial advice to get you through challenging times or support with your business, they've got your back. Just head over to the Legion's website for more information. And now it gives me so much pleasure to share with you the very last episode in this series. It is with the lovely Sarah and I hope you enjoy it just as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Hello, Sarah, and thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. Now, first up, I just need to ask you, how are you doing during this crazy pandemic time? Mostly good. They've reopened the swimming pool, so that's a little lifeline. And I'm quite lucky I've had my garden the whole time. So, all right-ish. Like most people, it's ups and downs. Some days I feel like it's amazing, and other days I think it's the worst thing in the world. But it evens out at good. Which I think will take, gosh, keeping going anyway. Is a bonus. So we only, I mean, we've never met in real life, but we met online a few weeks ago. You came to one of the networking sessions and you posted on the Facebook group. And I knew straight away that I had to interview you because your project is just so cool and so amazing. I think what you're doing is just fab. I'm a little bit jealous mostly as well. But please, could you do a little introduction to who you are and what you're up to? So I am a LTR relationship. I'm one of the newfangled dependents who's not married. So I live inside the wire on an army base and I work freelance as a digital marketer. One day on one of my walks around camp, I saw that the community garden, which was built a few years ago, was empty. Lockdown was starting and I, having never really gardened at that scale before, just threw myself at it. So I now run a community garden on camp and next to it set up a cut flower garden that's produced hundreds of bunches of flowers to be delivered to the families of those that are currently deployed. Which is such a nice, happy thing to do. It's so positive. That's probably why you have so many happy days, because you've got these beautiful flowers. Those are the peaks, honestly. There have been times when I've turned up at someone's door with a bunch of flowers and they've cried and just been like, I haven't seen anyone in weeks. And I just stand there like, oh. So honestly, it's been so emotional here. Because that's the thing. I was talking to lovely Rosie about it, how lockdown happened and, you know, the world went inside out, upside down. And everybody sort of forgot that military families are still having their service person deployed, you know, and the, the world has gone crazy and terrible for some people. But in addition to that, you have people deployed and your partner's away at the moment. He is. So he was on his pre-tour leave when Boris made the announcement that we were to stay inside and not go out and not do anything. And I remember he was like, I've got two weeks of leave. We sat down, we watched it. And I just looked at him with just absolute horror because at that point we didn't have a TV. The TV that we moved over here broke and we don't really watch much TV. So we hadn't replaced it. We had no internet because we hadn't been able to get the internet providers to put it in. And we had two weeks before he left and I can't drive as well. So I'm originally a Londoner 
and I'm in the process of learning, but I was essentially stuck in a house just on my own with just a dog, no one else. And it was like, don't see anyone, don't go anywhere. And I remember being like, this is going to be something special. It was horrible. I remember it was just that like feeling of that absolute dread. But then I felt quite grateful after a while because I kind of think it would have been worse with children. So some of the people we brought flowers to, they're from really far flung places. I met one woman, she's from Kenya. She hasn't been here very long. She barely speaks English. Her husband deployed and she's got three kids under three and she doesn't drive. And I remember being like, okay, I feel like it could be worse. I think it would have been so easy just to hide under the covers. I think maybe I might have done a little bit of that, but you didn't. You got out there. Oh, don't assume. I haven't opened my curtains in weeks because I'm in one of those places where people live opposite and so they can kind of see in. And I've been kind of living a slightly messier life than I might want other people to think. So I've just stopped opening my front room curtains because I don't want them to know that sometimes I leave my plate on the coffee table. I once left the washing up for a whole day. That's my version of staying under the covers. I had a day where I was like, what's the point? I'm not washing up. There's a pandemic. Hey ho. Gosh, the amount of deployments that I've been through, that I've just eaten crisps for about six weeks and not cooked. And I genuinely would not worry. We all do it. We all pretend that we've got this shiny, shiny life. But the reality is that deployment sucks and we all have to put up with it. But you have turned it into a positive. You've got digging. Yeah, literally weeks and weeks of digging as well. That was the start of the program, which was nice. Just as he left, I had a bunch of deturfing to do. Hours and hours of just like ripping the turf off and tilling up the ground. So I feel really grateful for that. Until actually, so I'd been digging for about five days and then a bunch of soldiers turned up with like issued spades and they were like, we've heard you're digging. We've been told to stay in our rooms. We can't go into work. Please let us dig. And then they did it for me. It was really nice. That is very handy. We had them on shifts rotating, but a lot of them live in, so like in the block, they have flats. So they lived in the same flat. So each flat would do a shift at a time. And they loved it. One of the soldiers called it his sanity palace because he'd come every day. And I was teaching them how to plant. So we'd do the deturfing and then we'd plant all the crops together. And they were actually, because I sort of like envisioned the whole thing with families in mind, because that's sort of my area. And it ended up being really personnel heavy. We had like soldiers and officers who all had been told not to go into the office, couldn't go home, like we're far from home here, and have just been told to sit in their rooms until further notice. So it has been really amazing, actually. So there's a community garden. Has that been there for a while? Or is that a new thing? So a doctor got the funding to have it put in. And then I think a few months before it was actually put in, she moved. And since then, it's pretty much sat unused because no one's taken responsibility for it. So it's like a concrete area with some raised beds and a polytunnel grow inside of but actually when I took it over it had no running water we had to fill up like tall recycling bins with the flippy lids and the wheels we had to drag them probably like 200 meters up a hill fill them from a tap and drag them back down again and that was my workout fizz and then there was that so you know that spring heat wave so we didn't get a single bit of rain we had this huge drought so each day we were dragging literally tons of water up and down a hill and the day I've managed to get water put in it rained it rained so hard and it rained for hours. And I remember being like, oh, God, sometimes the world works in mysterious ways. So it's your fault then that we are into the summer, yeah? Yeah, basically I had a tap put in and that was it. That was the only good weather we had here as well. That was pretty much it because we're quite northern in the world. So yeah, that was it. That was my summer and it was my fault. <laughs> but we did have an most amazing spring. I remember 
lockdown happened. I said this to quite a few people, but lockdown happened early March and March, gosh, in this country where I was, is just a little bit sad. And I remember a couple of weeks in that all the bulbs started to grow and the bulbs started to flower. And it was the most amazing thing, the fact that I had never planted these bulbs because I'd only lived there for about eight months at this point. Not even that. And these beautiful bulbs are coming up and it was this tiny little bit of colour during this most horrendous time. And it was so wonderful. And I just thank whoever planted those bulbs because even though they'd moved away it gave me so much happiness in a really weird time I love the fact that what you're doing is you're turning what is essentially a bit of drab MOD land into something beautiful and there must be areas like this all over the country I mean I've lived in a few places where there hasn't been the space to do it but there's always a little bit of extra grass or a little bit of something run down do you think it's something that people could be encouraged to do everywhere I think so. And I think that if you ask the right people, there should be the funding for it as well. From what I can gather, I don't know, the military is kind of a mystery to me. I don't completely understand how this works. But they do seem to have separate pots of money for these kind of things that need spending on these specific things and can't be spent on anything else. You have to kick your weight around a bit. I found it really hard to try and get in touch with the right people. We have the community garden that was already put in. The land next to it is being used for the cut flower garden. And we've managed to source another bit of land to be an allotment space. So there's going to be space for, I think, nine people to have allotments and grow their own separate food. Yeah, I totally think there's so much unused military land everywhere. Even so when we were looking for space for the allotments, DIO even offered us the welfare houses that weren't being used. They were like, yeah, we could knock down all the fences and you could just have these gardens. So there's always options. So many options, because it's right, we move all the time. We move into these sort of barren landscapes of just grass. And there's so much potential. I think this is fab, honestly, genuinely a great idea. And also the health benefits and the mental health benefits of getting out there and doing something with your hands, like the soldier that you mentioned that thought it was his sanctuary. So you used to work as a young mental health campaigner, working with charities and working with the government. So you know the importance of getting outside. I was wondering if that influenced you and what were your thoughts around the benefits of getting outside for mental health? I hadn't realised how much of a difference it would make until I was doing it, actually. Because although you preach those things, you say to people, oh, we'll try and get outside, try and go for a walk, try and be productive. Like, if you feel like you achieve something, you'll start to feel better. But I had never found that outside, really. For me, it was more like doing productive things and like meditating. And it wasn't until lockdown happened and it was I had to stay inside and actually being outside felt like such a relief that I realised how beneficial it was. And they've actually proven that Having your hands in the earth releases a specific like chemical feeling inside of us. So like actually touching dirt is shown to have a specific chemical reaction. So take your gardening gloves off. So I keep telling people, get your hands in the dirt and just spend time outside. And there's been so many beautiful things that I've experienced from just being outside, like meeting new people and all sorts. But 100% it's been, I call it my sanity palace, to be honest, because having an excuse to be outside for four or five hours a day gardening makes such a difference you hear the birds sing and you hear the neighbors clatter around and you know that other humans exist it's been an excuse I've been running community sessions so every few times a week we have families come and we teach the kids where food comes from and the difference between like a web root system and a taproot and carrots are taproots so it's beautiful we get to explain the different kinds of plants you see the kids pull them up and eat a carrot it's been incredible and just the access to humans has been amazing because I'm new here and not particularly connected with the community. So it's been on every level, just like life-changing. 
And from somebody who, so for me, who I've gone from massive, vast amounts of green and countryside into central London where that doesn't happen and losing that, it's a real obvious thing to me, the benefits that open space can make. And I think that it's so important. And I think maybe we should all consider that a little bit more and maybe invest in our gardens a tiny bit just in case there's another lockdown or generally just to make the next person that rocks up a little bit happier. It is currently bulb planting season. So you plant your bulbs in October and November. If you want to leave something nice for the next person, now's the time. And actually all of the supermarkets currently are selling really great deals on bulbs. So you can do your spring bulbs like your tulips, your daffodils, alliums also grow in the ground now, which are summer bulbs, you know, like the purple globe flowers so if you wanted to leave a nice thing for the next person now's the time i think that maybe if people knew how easy it was we would all do it it is the easiest thing in the world buy a bulb jam it in the ground forget about it when it comes up and there's so many flowers that are not designed but they naturally neutralize here so they become at one with the surroundings just like grass does so you don't have to worry about feeding it or watering it a specific amount just find somewhere that gets sun jam it in the ground and hope for the best and it's always wonderful when the daffodils come up. I always find that, that somebody has taken the time. I think if you're going to plant a few, buy lots and plant lots. Because they, when they come up in mass, it is incredible. On the camp here, someone at some point, because I had the same thing, I wondered who did it. But there are thousands all across. There's a hill that I can see from my house. And someone's planted them across the entire face. We moved here in October. So in the spring, just before Franklin left, my other half, the daffodils came up. So he left and I had this like wall of yellow to see from my house. It was just incredible. There's nothing like a good display of flowers. No, it makes such a difference. A little bit of colour on a sad day makes such a difference. Yeah, let's do that. Let's all buy bulbs and start planting them, I think. Yeah. And because you found this new love for the outdoors and planting, you are trying to turn it into a sustainable business. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, this is the terrifying part. So cut flowers have this terrible environmental impact here in the UK. 90% of our flowers are imported from places as far as Kenya. And I think I read somewhere that If you get a bunch of imported flowers a week for a year, it works out as an extra 12 tonnes of carbon in your carbon footprint. They come from incredibly far-fung places and also the ethics of growing them are really questionable. So the British flowers movement has been growing exponentially. There is a group or society of British flower growers called Flowers from the Farm. So you can go on their website and find a local grower near to you. And it's essentially all people small-scale growing flowers for local cut flower production. So I'm hoping to do that here. I'm currently in the process of agreeing my little plot separate to the community cut flower garden and all the other community projects where I will be growing cut flowers to sell locally and hopefully maybe even post nationwide. Because I see this big dream of, like you said, there's so much empty MOD land that's not being used for anything. So therefore it seems more ethical than buying up farmland that could be used for something deemed more important or more ethical and hopefully providing military wives jobs was my dream. So start cut flower farms, maybe even start a cooperative. So create the business plan and teach people how to do it and start selling military flowers. Count me in. I'm going to join you. Please let me come and do it. I'm desperate, honestly, to grow something beautiful. I had never grown cut flowers before this year. It was a friend's suggestion. And then I bought this book by this famous flower grower in America called The Flower Farmer's Year took one look at it and was just obsessed. Like all of her photos were incredible. She grew all these like beautiful pastel flowers that are like 10, million times prettier than anything you buy in the supermarket. You know, those horrible like mixed sponges with the carnations and the like Gerberas and what she was growing was just on this like complete other level. And I threw myself at it. This year was my first year. And I remember the first bunch I grew was just the most beautiful thing ever. And I was like, this is what I have to do for the rest of my life. 
and I've had all summer a house full of flowers. So all the offcuts that are too short to go in people's bunches go in all my little jars. So all summer I've had a house just full of flowers. It's been incredible. Oh, that sounds so wonderful. And cost saving, if anything, practically. You could grow in a small space in your garden. I don't know how much space you have in London, but you could probably produce your own flowers easily for the whole of the summer. I think I'm going to do that. So that kind of begs the question, what happens in the winter? It's a bit sad in the winter. So we've got chrysanthemums in a polytunnel. So they should go until Christmas. But the time between Christmas and March, when the bulbs come in, it's pretty empty, sadly. So the winter's a lot about foliage and very hardy winter flowers, but not as much joy, not as much as there has been through the summer. Because at the moment we've got dahlias, which for anyone who knows them, might think of them as old men's flowers. That's what people seem to think of them, like grandpa's flowers. Because men do seem to have this thing about collecting all the varieties and like showing them at country shows and stuff. But they're coming back in now in all these beautiful, like modern, pinky, pastel shades. We've got 30 plants going at the moment and they keep producing just these incredible displays of colour. But it all sort of dwindles down now. They're the last thing to flower. And then it's chrysanthemums and then nothing until the spring. And then it's going to be ranunculus, which are a bulb that look a bit like a rose. So they should come up in March. But sadly, my birthday's in February, so no flowers for me. Oh no, we'll have to force something through, I think. Something through the winter, you have to force through. So say I I was new to gardening or I had a couple of children that I wanted to get started in gardening. Mm -hmm. We have made it through the winter and it's starting to feel, you know, like a new year challenge. What would you say to start? How would I start off? So first you need to find your local frost time when your last frost is. So normally it's in like April, May, you have your last frost because frost kills most plants. So once you know when your rough last frost is, you can start sowing your seeds. And it depends whether you'd want to do flowers or vegetables. But I think for kids, they understand and they grasp vegetables better. And it's nice to see them see where their food comes from. It's really rewarding. I would probably go out and buy strawberry plants. Kids love strawberry plants and they last forever. So they're a perennial. So you could leave them for the next owners of your house, which would be a nice surprise. And then I would do things like carrots, salad as well. Never buy salad in the supermarket. You should always grow it. It's so incredibly easy. I taught people to grow in those sort of minced meat packets. You can stab some holes in the bottom, put some soil in and grow salad in those. There's no excuse. You can even do it on a windowsill. But I think look at what you eat the most regularly and what your kids love and then try and grow those. Because one year I grew kohlrabi. Don't know if you know what kohlrabi is, but I grew it and then had it and was like, this is a terrible idea. I don't eat kohlrabi. Yeah, I started growing Brussels sprouts this year and then realised what I was doing. Yeah, don't do that. In a pot because we moved and I was desperate to grow some vegetable. But luckily my tomatoes just held on through the move. So I've still got those. Mm -hmm. I know it's getting a bit late, but I'm hoping, fingers crossed, they'll be okay. And also people worry a lot about their married quarter gardens and how they're going to trash them. And actually, I think it's safe to say that as long as you look after it, and it's given back in an even better state, then much is not going to be a problem. If anything, they're really going to appreciate it. And I know that the person that moves in next is just going to love it. So please do take advantage of the space if you have a garden in your married quarter. The garden is next to the landscapers section. So the landscapers who work on all the houses. And I've seen the way they treat the gardens. And I promise you, whatever you can do could not be worse. Like here, they let them grow until they're shoulder high. And then they strim them down and weed kill them. So... Whatever you could do, it's probably going to be better. That's what I try to tell people. And so much better for our insides as well. To keep us happy. From what I've seen, at least on this camp with the housing officer here, raised beds, you can leave them. They're seen as an improvement. So if you want to build yourself a pallet raised bed, I think go for it. Yeah, easy peasy. Get them off uh, Freecycle or Facebook. 
I love it. Oh, I'm so excited. Damn it, we're going into winter. That's really sad. But at least we can plan for the new year. Yeah. And there are some things you can grow over winter, though I'm not an expert. So you can do your salad over winter inside. But yeah, you're probably going to want to wait for spring. But then you can focus on your nice spring things. You could grow. So my big plan for next year, I want to do sprouting broccoli, which I've never done before. You know, like the sort of the tender stem broccoli. That's on the list for next year. I'm giving up on peppers next year. We grew peppers in the polytunnel and none of them took. They're all green still. So they're off the list. So next year, instead, we're going to focus on peas. We're going to do a whole wall of peas for the kids. I love it. I am jealous. I'm going to start digging up my garden. I can't wait until the new year. I need to do it. I miss it. So I have obviously told everybody how wonderful this is. And I love the fact that you've come to share it with me. But if I was interested in following you on social media or finding out what you're doing and helping or joining in, how am I going to find you? The project is on Instagram, Blooms from the Base. It focuses on everything. So it will be showing my journey to growing cut flowers for sale. It also shows the community garden and the community flowers. It's full of great pictures of flowers and cute kids and vegetables. If you fancy a little bright addition to your feed, we haven't got any further than that. But definitely go and have a look because it is just lovely. Sarah, it's been really lovely talking to you today, getting to know a little bit about what you've been up to, being inspired to maybe create my own little sort of oasis, maybe in the next few months. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Make sure you don't wear gardening gloves while you do it. You've got to get your hands in the dirt. Those are the rules. I love it. Let's do that. Thank you so much for coming to talk to me. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks again to the wonderful Sarah and that amazing project that she shared with us. And I have it on good authority that even though the weather is getting a bit grey out there, it's still okay to plant those spring bulbs. So if you have been inspired, why not get out there and plant some? So that is it for today and the entire series. Do not worry though, I will of course be back with a fifth series and I already have some amazing guests lined up and I can't wait to start sharing their stories next year. So I guess all that's left is for me to say a little goodbye and of course a massive thank you for all of you who have listened this year. It has been a completely bonkers year but knowing that this podcast can continue and knowing that you're listening to it and getting something out of it means so much to me and I've really really appreciated all the feedback you've given me. This podcast series is so important to me and alongside this and the Millspay Network, it's really got me through what has been an incredibly tough year. So thank you so much for supporting it in every way that you do. And I will, of course, be back very soon with the next series of the Independent Spouse podcast. So I shall see you then.